Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, Deep Dive with Andy and the White Whale. Welcome to the Deep Dive. It is our annual pre-Super Bowl week mailbag with one of our favorite contributors, the great Alex Bartlett. Uh, Alex, Andy, uh, good evening. Alex, welcome back to the Deep Dive. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you guys? Oh, couldn't be better. Although, actually, I could be better. I could be like somewhere tropical, about to get on a cruise ship, go somewhere for a couple of days and just drink my face off. Uh, how are you doing, Andy? Pretty. I mean, to be fair, you're in Long Beach. It's not like it's that bad. <laughs> I did leave. I did leave Minnesota today. Um, gosh, ten degrees. Like it. Uh, we de-iced the first plane, and then uh, <laughs> it was all uphill. Uh, being you guys, my, it's, it's overcast in Miami, but it will take. It could be a hurricane. I would take it over the cold weather back home. So, no. You, Jack, you two could come help me dig out. You two could come help me dig out of the eight inches of snow we just got overnight. Oh, oh, I bet Matt no. Madison did get that. It went just south of me. I didn't even think of that. It probably peppered you. Oh, no. oh yeah. Oh no. <laughs> oh boy. Um, okay. Well, uh, it's uh, it's not super nice weather in Long Beach, but surely uh, the the prospect of uh, spending time with friends and family and uh, being on a boat gambling table games and drinking my face off sounds pretty good. So I'm a little, uh, I'm a little jealous, Andy, and I hope you have an amazing vacation and appreciate you making time for this podcast in your, uh, while you're, you know, on the cusp of, uh, cusp of glory. So, um, let's dive right into this mailbag here. Uh, the way we play this game is, uh, I read questions from some of our, uh, some of our fans, some of our friends, uh, and, um, we try to hit a little bit of commentary, on uh, the state of a lot of the teams in the league as we head into the off season. Uh, and uh, that excludes our Super Bowl teams. So we're not going to get into the Super Bowl handicap. Whatsoever. Yeah. We're going to have, there's going to be like a, just an utter, uh, you know, if you weren't already, you know, disgusted by the Patriots in the Super Bowl again, there's just going to be just a slew of, uh, um, nonsense storylines that are dragged up uh, next week in the coverage of the run up to the Super Bowl. So uh, we're going to do our best to steer clear of all that tonight uh, as we kind of uh, gauge the state of the league heading into 2019. Um, I will pose the questions and I will get some of your guys' feedback. Um, I'm not going to give a ton of opinions here. I just am mostly interested in picking your guys' brains on these thoughts. And, you know, we, I feel like when we did this last year, I went back and listened to it actually like uh, kind of right around the time that we were seeing win totals pop and the draft pop. Cause I wanted to get, cause right. You know, this is, this is the key for me right now. We are still finger on the pulse of a lot of these teams. A lot of what, you know, has made teams successful right now. What did, what works, what didn't work, who's, you know, what, where the strengths and the weaknesses are on a lot of these teams. And it's very much worthwhile to put a lot of these thoughts down now because you know when may rolls around and we're looking at win totals you know it's it's hard to kind of re you know reimmerse yourself into this moment of you know that you know this team you know you know that the you know that the chargers uh you know have limitation x y and z that you know cost them their you know cost them a deeper run in the playoffs and you know that that sort of stuff uh you know pays dividends when you're starting to handicap the uh, the 2019 season. So uh, I think this is going to be a pretty valuable podcast. Yeah. And I, I'm, I, I honestly, like, I do think it helped my <laughs> handicapping last year to go back and listen to some of our thoughts on this podcast. So uh, this should be and, a lot yeah, of fun. And addressing win totals too. We've had a couple just over the year. It's not been like a slew of these, but especially when started, some started to come through or get to the point where, you know, they were decided what they'd be graded. We didn't really get to them right away last year. I think we, we need to make a better effort to look at that immediately because by the time we started doing preview pods in the fall, you know, things had absolutely shaped up already. The The Bills total had dropped like a full game, game and a half in some books. And that mattered. Mark, Mark yeah, that a lot of that stuff does matter too. So we do need to we, – we promise once that stuff drops right away, we'll, we'll probably rush into a – do a pod on that that week or the the very next week because that, sure. that's something we, we just didn't get on top of last spring i 100 mm-hmm. agree um okay 
Uh, this is uh, let's let's start. You guys ready to go? First question. And, uh, and this is this is this is this is a uh, low hanging fruit. This is such a good question. Our buddy Chase from Philly. Um, of the six division winners who did not make the Super Bowl, uh, that is the Ravens, Texans, Chiefs, Cowboys, Bears, Saints. Probability statistics would tell us, you know, there are just just hist- historical trends would suggest that it uh, it's going to be difficult for some of these teams to make it back to the playoffs, given that they are going to have first place schedules, meaning they're going to have to play the other division winners uh, on top of um, whatever their division matches up against, uh, making it more difficult to make it back to the playoffs. And a number of these teams will not come back. Usually it's something like what, like at least half of the playoff teams are recycled. Um, but, it's like five, uh, five in a fraction on average. It's, it's five in a yeah. So so we'll say five or six. But so so presumably three or three, you know, two or three. We can say with relative uh, confidence of these six teams will not make it back to the playoffs. I'll go to Alex first. Um, you know, any opening thoughts, or do you have even a, a power ranking for us of, of teams you think most likely not to make it back to the playoffs who won their division last year? Uh, well, looking at this list, uh, the, the team that stands out the, the most to me would be the Texans, uh, mostly because, as we saw, the Colts are a really good team. Uh, with Andrew Luck healthy, that offensive line clicking on all cylinders, they're, they're going to have, what, $100 million in cap space. So you'd, I would expect them to go out and get some pieces uh, to fill out that rest of that roster. And I think they very easily they're going to be sh- should be playing an easier uh, schedule than the Texans. I I I would suspect that they win the division next year. Um, I guess just looking at the rest of this list, it almost feels like Texans and Cowboys are kind of like those to me feel like they're going to get booted uh, out of the division title. Ravens and Bears uh, feels like a coin flip, and then Saints and KC to me they both feel like really solid teams that very well could and maybe even should repeat. So. I would almost lump those into those three categories. Interesting. Uh, Andy, any disagreement on your half? <clears throat> I guess no. Uh, my first answer definitely would be the Texans. And for a lot of the same reason, the Colts are in such a good position. I mean, who has that kind of cap space with a, a top quarterback like that? They're they're in great spot. They have a killer offensive line. They have some nice offensive weapons. And, I mean, yeah, they're in such a good position to go out and get a free agent. Uh their draft pick isn't uh, – I'm trying to think where they'd be, probably around 20th. They do have some – I think they do have some draft capital, too, that they can move around. Mm-hmm. Like, they're in a good spot. That's that's tough for the Texans. The Texans – I could see some regression there. It's an excellent defensive free agency class, too. I, I mean, so they can spend some money on that side of the ball and really shore up their defense. Like, yeah, they desperately need some weapons, I think, around luck, but – I mean, if they can keep teams, you know, in the low twenties for point totals, even with some pretty mediocre weapons, luck. I mean, luck, luck's going to beat the crap out of a lot of teams just just because of a good line and a solid defense. Mm. Yeah, yeah, he's come. It's come a long way since the uh, bringing in Brissett to throw the hail mary, like we talked about earlier. But, uh, <laughs> um, no, and then I guess uh, the Bears, man, you gotta you gotta worry a little bit about a team with kind of a lack of an offensive identity in a league where uh, it's just, that's not the, that's not the trajectory that successful teams are going. They have a young, bright head coach who seemed to mature throughout the season. There were some real rough patches at the beginning, even, even with the hot start, there were some parts that were just head scratchers for Nagy, but uh, first place schedule, Rogers healthy with possibly a more competent uh, coaching staff. If the Vikings can get anything going with all the people, like the Vikings are kind of a weird team for as many good pieces as they have, not having a very good offense. If the Vikings and Packers offenses get stuff figured out, the Bears are going to have their work cut out for them. It's just a, it's going to be a lot tougher with that schedule they're going to end up with. I think you guys are whiffing on one that's pretty straightforward, and that's the Ravens. The Ravens, to me, are in for a world of hurt. Uh, so the way the schedule works out, the Ravens get uh, – they have to – their two extras are the Patriots and the Chiefs. Uh, and meanwhile, you have the Browns coming in hot. 
Steelers presumably bouncing back with an easier schedule. Um, I could very, very easily see a situation where you see a little bit of a sophomore slump as people start to figure out and game plan a little bit for Lamar Jackson. It may take more than one offseason to really get him up to speed passing-wise, and that's the direction this league is going. Um, and their defense has a lot of older players, a lot of vets. They're, you know, I don't know what their cap situation is, but they could take some casualties uh, on the defensive side of the ball and look like a lot less, um, you know, a lot less impressive unit. Um, I think the Ravens are in trouble potentially in 2019. Um, that's, a great, yeah. that's a great, that's a great point. Plus, plus defense. I mean, I think defense matters, but it, it, it is pretty well known that it's harder to replicate defense from week to week, season to season. So while they did have an excellent defense this year and historically they have had very good defenses, there's no, no guarantees that their defense is going to be as good next year as it was this year. And it's just really hard to win games in the NFL. If you're, you know, if you can't throw the ball. So no, I, 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 yeah, I think pick. the entire thing, if I'd have said, the entire thing I just said about the Bears, you could, it's it's kind of a carbon copy in the other yeah. side of the mm-hmm. NFL. You know, you start talking about the, maybe the Browns get their stuff going, and you compare you compare uh, what I said about the Packers and getting that you know having a, a good quarterback, good pieces, getting it moving. You, you can say that about the Steelers. The Steelers, uh, it took a lot of flack, and that was a really actually pretty horrible collapse from where they were sitting mid season, but. They still, still a really way, good yeah, team. They still have way too many good pieces to be, you know, to be discounted like that. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. the, I think yeah, kind of the same boat. Yeah, and um, honestly, like, you know, we said five five point some teams are are going to be different from the playoffs from last year. Yeah, like I could see all three of these teams missing the playoffs. Andy, since you brought up the Bears, do you think losing uh, Vic Fangio is going to matter a lick for the Bears no. in twenty nineteen? Okay. I don't think so. <laughs> um, uh, let's see, Alex. Uh, for Dallas, do you think it's going to matter a lick that they brought Jason Garrett back? I, no, I mean I, I don't. <laughs> they got rid of Scott Lenahan, which I think is a step in the right direction. But I don't. I mean, I don't think he was he was part of the problem, but he wasn't the problem. Jason Garrett isn't an, an awful coach, but he's not elevating that team or the pieces on that team to where they could be. I don't think Dak Prescott's a great quarterback, but I, I mean, he's clearly shown that he can win games on some level. And regardless, so I, I think Jason Garrett is just holding that team back from where they could potentially go. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No disagreement. Um, okay, interesting uh, takes, and I kind of—I mean, I think the Chiefs stand out in my mind. Obviously, I'm still, you know licking the wounds from losing some Chiefs money last weekend, but like they have the best quarterback of all of these teams we've talked about. Uh, and Andy Reid sure as hell knows how to uh, prepare a team for the regular season. They didn't take any losses on the coaching staff, uh, except for uh, they fired uh, Sutton. Uh, would you think that was a good? Yeah. Would you think that was a good move, uh, Andy? <sighs> I don't know enough about the guy. Like, I'll just be honest. I don't know. Uh, like, his name doesn't come up a ton because when you talk about that team, that's not who you're talking about at all. So I, I guess I looked at that move and I thought about it. And I like to let those let those kind of sit and marinate a little. And that one didn't marinate very long because I just didn't. Like, I, I don't know. Maybe that helps. Maybe the guy was, you know, you, you can give the smartest guy in the world a 500-piece puzzle missing 10 pieces. He ain't going to finish it. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was. I mean, it, it, you never know. Like he just might not have had the, you know, the substrate to work with to get things done. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. It, it might help. It might not. It's really hard to predict anything with that. But uh, maybe you know, and we don't know what's going on inside of an organization. Maybe they felt like that was the right move. And obviously, they felt like that was the right move. It's what they did. Yeah. So, right. Right. Uh, for, for their sake, I mean, getting anything out of that unit would instantly catapult them to at least co-favorites. Yeah, I agree with that. Hey, um, can I throw yeah, my own question in here really quickly? Yeah, go, 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 go. Uh, I don't know about that. Uh, I mean, I don't think <laughs> any, anybody would disagree. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't think anybody would disagree that Mahomes uh, is an absolute stud, but of all the young quarterbacks uh, recently, maybe within the last three, four years, is he the one that stands out the most as like the real deal? 
I mean, like all these quarterbacks, Deshaun Watson and Derek Carr and Carson Wentz and and, uh, Jared Goff, like all these guys have had their 15 minutes of like, oh, this is the next great quarterback. And then on, they've all, I mean, some more, some less, but they've all been okay, I guess, and competent, but I don't feel like any of them have necessarily lived up to the hype of that 15 minutes of fame. Yeah. To me, Mahomes feels different. I, I would be curious to know if you guys feel the same way. I concur with that. Um, for me, his skill set is um, one that lends itself to repeated, repeatable success. Um, he's got a, an absolute hose of an arm, uh, and he has accuracy. He has good decision making, uh, and he's got a diverse set of weapons in the passing game. And he's got an offensive mind that uh, not only plays to his strengths but can develop quarterback play well um and so i would you know if he if he flatlined at this level of performance i guess i would be more surprised than if he regressed um and i'm sorry i just he flat i'm sorry I, regressing would be the most surprising flatlining would be the second most surprising and i would expect him to continue to improve as a playmaker and a quarterback as he continues to mature and uh, as the game kind of changes for you know, in this direction that it's headed in now. So I think, yeah, he, he's, he clearly stands out above the rest, in my opinion. Yeah, it just feels like with all the hype from all these other young quarterbacks, like this guy seems like the real deal. I'm not saying the other ones are bad, necessarily, although I don't they think are. Derek Carr, Jared Goff is all that great, but it just <laughs> seems like he he is the he's 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 the one we've all been searching for for the last five years. Uh, and it, it is crazy how we, we get caught up in the moment too because like imagine mid-season last year when the narrative was Jeff Fisher just was an idiot and Jared Goff is really good look at what McVay's doing Mm -hmm. like this kid's a stud and then I mean uh, not even just this year but like his playoff performance last year and a ton of games this year especially second half of the season like he he's good in a system like I hate the whole system quarterback because that's just such a like a troll thing with Tom Brady and stuff but he he does well inside a system until it breaks down and I think there's it's it's just weird how something can flip like that where everybody you know myself included last year I was like well maybe maybe I was wrong about golf sucking like he looks really right. good so I was hate I hate uh, I hate how stuff like that just from one year to the next, like what you know, yeah. what you think, what you think you know can just disappear like that. And I will agree with Alex on that. I think just and what Whale said there with the the decision making, decision making so big. Like you can have all the physical attributes and the arm strength and everything, and if you make shitty decisions, if you can't read a defense, if you can't make checkdowns at the line, you're just you're never going to be a, a good, you know, a great quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. You're going to be James Winston. He's he's got a great My, coaching staff, and he's got you know he's got he's got the weapons, the tools, and he's got great people around him as far as the you know the rest of the offense and the coaching staff. So I think yeah, I think uh, he could he and some of those guys that were more flash in the pans, mm-hmm. and yet yeah. Derek Carson sucks. <laughs> One last comment on that is that Colin Cowherd has been talking for the last several days about how Jared Goff and Tom Brady are so comparable. And the things that he keeps saying is that they're both tall and lanky and that they're both from California. Like that's his comparison for the two guys, but he just keeps talking about how similar they are as quarterbacks. Holy smokes. (laughs) Wow. Uh, (laughs) Well, they are both from California. He's got us there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness gracious. Top Um, top level analysis right there. Jeez, man. Choose your own narrative, huh? Um, Okay. (laughs) Well, Boy, that's tough, man. Uh, okay, I think we've covered pretty well the uh, the division winners. Let's move on to the next uh, the next question here, um, and it's going to kind of continue to focus on quarterbacks. Um, we this is a um, uh, this is this is a question that uh, the, the 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 question asker has to remain anonymous. Uh, and, uh, it could, it might be John Elway, but I cannot tell. This is probably, this is potentially John Elway's burner, but I, I don't want to blow up the spot. Um, the, <laughs> normal, normal find a new slant, <laughs> find a new slant. Uh, 
Um, there are a handful of teams that did not make the playoffs last year that have serious question marks about where they go with quarterbacks in 2019. If you were one of these teams, what would you do? Uh, and he didn't give me names, but I'm going to throw out Broncos, Redskins, Giants, Panthers, and Bucks. Panthers is kind of an interesting one because obviously we don't know much about the health of Cam Newton. Um, but you know, I feel like these are these are these are some pretty um, you know these are some pretty capable teams outside of a key position, uh, and it's not obvious to me what uh, what they would do in 2019 from a quarterback perspective. And there's going to be a quarterback carousel. Um, if you are one of these teams, Alex, and you have a quarterback crisis, and that's the one thing holding you back from competing for a playoff spot, what is your approach heading into 2019? Well, I think it depends on if the team thinks they're in win now mode, or if they've come to terms with reality like I, uh, the Panthers, uh, I believe, can win games with Cam Newton, although he's been clearly banged up and, and has some issues staying healthy. I think the Giants are dumb enough that they think they're in win-now mode, and frankly, I think those two teams are probably going to stand pat at uh, at quarterback. If I'm the Bucks, uh I would like to see Winston with one year under Bruce Arians before uh, either committing or cutting ties. I think think he's in under the fifth year option this year i'm not entirely sure but mm-hmm. yeah yeah he is no, i mean far, they, I, we far, don't know if we don't know if they're going to exercise that yet but um but they yeah. if i was them i would exercise it and, and see one year under bruce arians before like i, I don't i don't want to tie myself up long term to this guy but i also don't know if i'm you know i'm a i'm a pretend bucks fan like i i i say i'm a bucks fan but i don't necessarily follow the team super closely I hate Jameis Winston, but I would like, like I said, I would like to see him one year under Bruce Arians before fully deciding whether to move off or stay on him. And as far as the Broncos and Redskins go, I, I don't know. What do you do? Do you take a guy later in the draft? Do you sell the house and try and move up to get the guy? Do you think you're in win now mode? Um, I, those are teams I really have. I, I don't have an answer for. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a really good point, what you hit on there, too. It's, you know, we can look at it from an outsider's perspective, but the team has to decide with, you know, within the front office, the coaching staff, and, you know, everyone who makes decisions, like, wh- where are we as a team? Like, are we going to go for it? Do, you know, was it a team that was a 500 team with some bad breaks and maybe an injury or something? Maybe, say, like Washington. Washington was not a terrible team. I don't think they were. I don't think if, if Alex Smith stays, you know, healthy, I don't think they're making like a playoff run. But they were a middling team that had an outside shot and probably would have made the playoffs without the injury. Maybe it's like a six seed. Like you got to decide, like, are we blowing this up? Are we going for it? When you're right in that tweener zone, like that, and that's where it's so tough to guess on some of these because you don't know what that front office is is thinking when you're in a position like that, or or like Tampa with bringing in a new coach, having a quarterback in the contract situation where he's just on that fifth year. What are you going to do with that, um, Carolina? You know, I, I shat on them all year. They got some lucky wins, some tough losses, but they they were pretty much a 500 team. But they do have some nice pieces, and they're going to be without Cam. Like, do you just throw the season away? Is it just a toss away, or do you you try to bring someone in and make a little bit of a playoff run? Because you know, can you do that and get yourself into a position to like legitimately feel like you can win a few playoff games? It, it's just so tough if you're not uh, when you're in that. We're not tanking for draft spots. We're not rebuilding, but we didn't make the playoffs. Like so many of these quarterback teams are like that. Like Denver, they had some moments where they were looking like a sneaky decent team, but they ended up, you know, where they did. I mean, basically, all pieces on there too. Yeah, and they all have some pieces, but they didn't. They didn't do real shitty, but they didn't make the playoffs. So they kind of got to decide which direction they're going to go. It's like the trade deadline at baseball. If you're going to be buyers or sellers, and I think we'll see some prizes, you know, just like baseball, we'll we'll see some surprises there as far as oh, like this team really thinks they're going to go for it. Like the that's uh, they think they're a playoff team. They're going to give Foles a bunch of money or something. 
Yeah, like, yeah. It'd be really, and with Alex Smith too, who knows if that guy will ever play it down again? I was, I'm saying so, no, no. I'm I'd say, no. I'd say no. He had like multiple surgeries for infection, spiral break. Yeah, it was bad. Yeah, that was bad. Um, yeah, no, I, that all makes sense. I think you, I think your guys are exactly on the right trail. Um, let me throw out a couple <laughs> names and see if you guys think these guys, these players, land starting quarterback jobs in uh, in 2019. Um, does Teddy Bridgewater land a starting quarterback job in 2019, Andy? Is he a free agent? Was it just a one-year deal? Uh, no, I think he's under contract, but, but you know, he'll, he would be an oh, easy, God. easy to flip, easy to flip oh, trade, yeah, trade piece. Sure. I didn't know if he had free will or if they're going to, they can flip him somewhere. Jesus. You, you would think like, he looked pretty good for a couple years before that injury. Like, he wasn't, you know, your prototypical Super Bowl you know, stud, I get whatever you, you know, he's not going to be a top 10 guy, but he's serviceable enough to get a team over the hump. Yeah. I, I would, I would think of all the teams that are going to need a quarterback. He can find his way. He's right up there with Foles. As far he as seems like a guy you bring in and you do think you can win now, right? Yeah. If you have enough pieces around him, if you, like you said, you're in that middling position, you were on the cusp of maybe making a run to the playoffs. You just need yeah. a quarterback. Yeah. Alex, uh, does Joe Flacco get it? starting job in 2019 uh, probably but he shouldn't <laughs> I have some, somebody is you know so, Hard agree. teams are stu- yeah teams are teams are stupid they i mean they they saw what he did what five years ago or however long ago it was in the super bowl and i'm sure that they think that he's somehow a quality player even though he hasn't been good at all in the last several years maybe ever i, I never thought he was all that good but Certainly not in the last couple of years. Yeah. Uh, By the way, it looks like Bridgewater might be a free agent this year. Oh, okay. Okay. I thought they had him for one year. Yeah, I, I that, couldn't that remember what the deal was if it was a one or two year. Okay. So Teddy Bridgewater will assume can land wherever he chooses, which means he can probably pick best possible spot for himself because I would guess he's going to be the most sought-after free agent. Um, he should be. For yeah. Sure. Andy, uh, Ryan Tannehill, see a starting quarterback in 2019? Oof. Maybe. Yeah, man, that's a rough one. <laughs> I, I got more. Like, that, I, you don't even know. My list that I'm looking at right now has some yeah. names that are going to make your head spin. But yeah. He's, right a, he's a free agent. Boy, with the. Oh, man. If, if, if everything had stayed status quo in Miami, I would have thought for sure like he'd just resign there and, and start again. But who knows now? Like he's another one, maybe shouldn't, but probably will find a spot. Just because, I mean, some of these names you're going to throw out there, I'm <laughs> always going to think about it. Like you're joking about the John Elliott thing, but like he, if he wasn't happy with Keenum, he'll just go get somebody else. They only paid him like 16 million. Yeah, right. That's right. Um, <laughs> Alex uh, is. Uh, how about uh, how about uh, Tarod Taylor? Uh, is he? Uh, do you think he gets a starting gig, or do you think he stays Baker Mayfield's backup in twenty nineteen? I I don't see him getting a starting gig. I I don't even know. I think he was pretty frustrated with the Browns this season when he was asking for a trade midway through. So I would be a bit surprised if he stays there. But I just yeah, I don't see him. I mean, the way he played early this year in Cleveland, I don't see him as a starter. Okay. Yep, no disagreement. Uh, Andy, uh, how about Nick Mullins? Are you going to start for some franchise in 2019? Uh, you, make a, you, you make a deal for him potentially with Jimmy G coming back for the Niners? You want you would take a swing on Nick Mullins? I would keep him if I'm the Niners. They have enough. Okay. They have capital and they have pieces. Like, boy, just look at the look at the Eagles. There's something to be said. Like, he's not quite a starter. He's good enough, though. Like he, he's one of the best backups in the league, and it's just like any other position. Like people think, oh, like we don't need a backup, and if we have a backup that shows any sort of aptitude in in a situation like that, we need to flip him right away, get something. But what you're gonna get for him is just a flyer in the middle rounds, isn't it? So what's the point of not having a super good backup? Great point. That's a great point. I'd way rather have a very capable backup than just taking another shot at a flyer in the draft. Okay. What if somebody comes and they're like, hey, we'll give you a two? Oh, yeah. If somebody overpays, you get that guy, you put him on a pine reel and get him out of town. 
<laughs> if, if somebody gives me like a mid round two or a God for sake, like you know, somewhere in the top forty five picks, well, that's yeah. yeah, he's gone. Okay, uh, hopefully teams aren't that that desperate. Okay. Alex, uh, Blake Bortles is starting quarterback in twenty nineteen. I would hope not. He's another guy though that I'm sure that teams will look at his second year in the league where he had you know, 30, 30 plus touchdowns and, you know, was a first round pick. And I'm sure some, some GM out there will think, well, maybe we can rehab him and turn him into something competent. But I, I mean, my hunch is to say, no, he shouldn't be a starter, but I'm also not sure if that's like a, just common sense or if that's, <laughs> you know, if that's my, if that's common sense or if that's reality, but yeah, yeah. my guess is he ends up, ends up somewhere. Yeah. Uh, Andy, how about Sam Bradford? He's hmm. late. <laughs> no way. There's no way. He's not going to end up on a team, is he? People have to be done with that, don't they? Got to be done with it, right? He, Presumably. Some of, the, some of the reports and just, you know, being from Minnesota, I followed some of that a little closer because it was interesting at the end of the year before yep, the cut. Yep, yep. Like, what's going to happen? We have three quarterbacks up All here. Right. Here's and the hit, hit me, yeah. hit me. I mean, they said he's some done. things, yeah, he's but done. Oh, yeah. just, there's zero cartilage left in one of his knees. That's like not he, good. He's not ever going to be super healthy. So, yeah, he, yeah. he's just got to ride off into the sunset. Yeah. Uh, all fucking money. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I've been saving some of the hardest ones for last year. Um, Alex, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Okay. Uh, he'll do what Ryan Fitzpatrick always does, which is some team with a young quarterback will bring him in as like a player coach. And then somehow he'll start three or four games while looking amazing. And then still, <laughs> that's, that's what Ryan Fitzpatrick does everywhere he goes. Starts, looks great for a few games and then completely falls off the cliffs and goes back to his rightful owner of, as a bench warm, rightful, rightful yeah. place as a bench warmer. He's very yeah. cyclical. Yeah, he is very cyclical. If you're the if you're if you're if you're uh, if you're a team like the Jaguars though, uh, and you're content to draft a young kid like the Ohio State quarterback Haskins or or one of the other quarterback prospects, um, you know, doesn't it make sense to bring in Fitzpatrick and start him? You know, presumably get a year of service out of him. Maybe you do something cool. Uh, you know, at least kind of get a vet in there to to show the guy the ropes. Yeah, I guess that would make some sense. I mean, the Jaguars, I think they have win now pieces. They need a couple offensive linemen, but that defense is, you know, even even with, you know, minimal effort or whatever you want to call it this year, they still were a really good defense. And they have some outside players, and, and they're, I think they're going to move on from Leonard Fournette, which is probably in their best interest. But, yeah, I mean, I guess you bring him in, you know, see what he's got for the first couple of games while letting a, a back, you know, a rookie like Haskins or whoever ride the bench. I, I think that would be a good strategy. Yeah. Okay. I dig that. Um, Nathan Peterman, Andy. No, come on. <laughs> <All right. laughs> That's, that, was, that was the joke. That was a joke. That was a joke. Um, okay. Uh, okay. Although- so, Yes. What was it? Um, who said? That? Oh, it was a Grudenism. Yeah, Gruden said he liked him. Of course he did. That's, I think he is in Oakland, isn't he? Yeah. I think. Oh, he, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah I, I, don't think, know. I think they. I think they. I think they signed him late in oh, the no, season. They, they uh, did. Like, like that's where I'm. Like, it, it, is he going to get a, a spot or a shot at that starting job out there? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, He's mm-hmm. so yep. very Oakland. Okay. Question here now from uh, from Adam in Canada. Um, if, uh, Brady and Belichick retire, uh, who's the heir apparent in the AFC, Standy? That's J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets. That's what he wants to hear. I know it too, but I do like, I do like the direction. I mean, if, if I had to pick one of the three, like I haven't agreed with all the moves the Jets made. I thought they could have done better in their hires. Uh, you know, obviously we haven't seen what they're do, what they'll do in free agency in the draft yet, but uh, out of the three teams, I like their trajectory. The Bills just like D- Darnold has a shot at being a decent quarterback. I don't think Josh Allen can. Like he had some good moments, and he is such an athlete, but he still is just his accuracy is shit. But I really liked what Darnold did come after he came back from injury. He looked pretty good in a few spots there. 
Yeah. You got to have a quarterback and Miami just, and then you go to Miami and they, they're a mess right now too. They might, they might be third on that list. Like they, they surprised me a few times this year, which honestly Miami won a few games that they shouldn't have. Like if you had Miami team to regular season win total over, God bless you. That was a fun one. Cause yeah. they had you want to know what's crazy about the Dolphins? They finished second in that division this year and they had the worst net point like uh, net point differential in that division. They had, one of the worst net, they had one of the worst net point differentials in the entire league. Yeah. And they still somehow finished around 500, like seven and nine. That's insane. <laughs> yeah. The no, only they, teams that were worse were the Raiders. And the should have been like two. Yeah. Yeah. That Pythag win, but yes, they are, they are gold. They are, and in the words of our friend Suma, they are, uh, they are candidates for regression. Um, <laughs> and yeah, they won some games they shouldn't have. The Miami Miracle, top of that list. Uh, the game that they they, they beat the uh, Bears in just wild fashion. Yeah, um, the first three yeah. wins of the season were kind of crazy. That Titans game with all the lightning delays was weird as hell. Week one, so yeah, they they are uh, they are prime candidates for regression. I would say. Um, and I don't know what to make of the Bills. I don't love Josh Allen. That's for sure. I mean, I I don't. You know, it's not impossible for him to, you know, be developed as a quarterback, but it sure as heck doesn't feel like they have a coaching staff there that has a lot of experience developing a quarterback that's as raw as Josh Allen. So, um, you know, a little bit cautiously optimistic, really. If Tom Brady and Bill Belichick retire this year, I think that the Patriots are still going to win the division. Uh, Like, I think Josh McDaniels ends up taking over that head coaching job. They probably draft somebody. I mean, it's the Patriots. They're 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 apparently they're you know blessed by the hand of God. They're they got some of the craziest <laughs> luck. Like Brian Hoyer will lead them to like a twelve win season with Josh McDaniels running the show or something like that. Like I, I don't know. Something I, crazy. <laughs> something crazy. Yeah. I wouldn't be. That wouldn't be. Crazy. I wouldn't. I, no. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, okay. The uh, next question I have is about uh, offensive coordinator hires. Um, we've seen several head coaches, uh, take the heat off of themselves by firing the offensive coordinator and, uh, bringing in a new mind. Um, you know, of those teams that, you know, clearly the Falcons at the very top of that list. Um, but, uh, you know, you can put the chargers in there too, because the chargers, uh, I, I guess, Really, uh, this isn't about uh, you know the the head coach offensive coordinator tandem per se, um, but you know for of the teams that uh, that changed coaches, uh, how do you rank the coaching hires? Uh, and I I want to isolate here Packers, Browns, um, Falcons, and Titans. Uh, of those four. I mean, obviously the Titans and the Falcons didn't change head coaches, but they have new offensive coordinators. Um, of those four, any particular coaching hires stand out to you, Andy, as particularly well well done? I like Kitchens. I've said I like Kitchens. I said I wanted him to be the head coach. But you never know with stuff like that, too. Like, I feel like that's going to be one I'm just so dead wrong on. He turns out to be a terrible head coach because – and I've had people come back at me with some stats on this, but uh, Hugh Jackson was a pretty good offensive coordinator. Like he had some top five offenses. Granted, he had some weapons, but some guys just don't transfer from coordinator to head coach. So I am cautiously optimistic that that will be a good hire if it turns out he's just not a you know a knob dick who can't lead. I didn't. Uh, I wasn't in love with stuff the Packers did. Uh, the Falcons move felt like it had to happen. That was more of a like. By attrition, like yeah, right. Addition has subtraction. It doesn't matter who we replace us with. People like people concentrate more on the fact that we fired someone than we hired someone. Like that was that move was almost required. It was mandatory. And then the Titans one, I don't know shit about that guy. He looks confused. That's all I know about him. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, Alex, thoughts uh, on the Packers and their bringing in LaFleur from the Titans and, uh, and LaFleur subsequently hiring Hackett previously Jaguars offensive coordinator. I I thought considering, I think most people would consider the Packers a gold standard organization that they were not able to hire 
somebody with a little more um, clout, I guess, uh, you know, somebody with, with a little bit more of a resume than Matt LaFleur. And I have no idea if Matt LaFleur is going to be a good head coach or not, but he took over the OC job of the Titans and their offense, you know, he, their offense got worse. And this was a guy who, you know, worked under McVeigh and Shanahan and was supposed to be, you know, one of the next great you know, offensive minds. And he essentially did more of the same yet somehow did it worse. So to bring him into green Bay, um, I mean, it's, it feels like maybe he's just a yes man for Aaron Rodgers, and maybe it works out. I, who knows? But it certainly doesn't feel like that's necessarily an upgrade. Uh, and I, it, I'm by no means a Mike McCarthy guy. Do you think, uh, Alex? Did you get a feel for you know the sort of the undercurrent reporting that Aaron Rodgers is a coach? He's a tough, tough guy to 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 a tough teammate, tough guy to to coach. Is is that any any merit to that or is that all total nonsense i mean the amount of former players that have come out and said that you know aaron aaron is super smart he's super talented but he's kind of uh you know maybe like a lone wolf kind of standoffish and not exactly a you rah rah guy and you know he just wants you to show up do your job and you know, he's not looking to give people pats on the back or, you know, motivational speeches. He just wants to show up, wants everybody to do a good job. And, and that's it. I, I, I think, you know, if you watch his body language over, you know, maybe the entire course of his career, that's, that certainly seems to be the case, but with a guy that talented, who's that smart, um, you know, I, I, what are you going to do? You're, you're kind of, you're kind of stuck with him. It's not like you're going to move on and find somebody better who is easier to work with. Fair point. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, it's tough for me to get a read on what's going on there. I mean, a, a, a winning season, I think heals all of these, uh, you know, all of the, the naysaying and, you know, rumor mongering. I feel like, uh, you know, if they, if they make it back to the playoffs, I think a lot of, a lot of this, goes by the wayside and you start to hear positive mm. things about him next year. Um, which makes me think, you know, it's probably a, a little bit of nonsense. Um, okay. Uh, one coaching hire I meant to ask about, but I forgot was uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, Andy, you got any thoughts on uh, bringing Bruce Arians back to the league 2019? Does he have the goods to compete in this ever changing uh, dynamic uh, offense first league? He's, he's already made some comments, which make me believe he does. He's not stupid. He's, I always thought he was a sharp guy. I felt bad for him when he had the health problems, which now I'm kind of wondering, like, did, did he, like, he, he stepped away for the game for that reason. And now he's back, which, you know, maybe just a couple of years of not being stressed out 300 days a year can do, uh, do wonders for a little, uh, a little bit of healing better than the sweat lodge even. So hopefully he is feeling better and he, cause he, think he's beneficial for the league he's he's a smart guy i'm trying to find those quotes right now and i can't i'm gonna probably tr- find a a tweet i can post or retweet so we can get what he said but he he said some smart things already it was it was very frank reich-esque as far as uh just being so offensive first i like that a lot i just don't know if he he he's in the position to win right now yeah okay um okay let's do a quick buy or sell on all of these, on all the coaching, and I'll go back and forth here because I'm, I'm just curious what you guys, you know, take on all of these. Are it was a better way to do this than power rank, blah blah blah. blah. Um, <clears throat> Alex, are you buying or selling Cliff Kingsbury as head coach of the Arizona Cardinals? I have not looked at the pieces around him, but I think if he takes, I'm sorry, this is a long-winded answer. If he takes kind of the Sean McVay approach, where he puts smart. Uh, experienced guys around him, I'm buying. Okay. Okay. Uh, Andy, buying or selling Cliff Kingberry? Yeah, same same kind of thing. He needs to do the McVay thing and get a smart defensive coordinator so he doesn't have to worry about that because he coached at Texas Tech. They didn't do that. Yeah. That's that's not a defense school. Yeah. Yep. 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 Um, okay. Uh, I'll give Andy the first crack here. Uh Buying or selling the Cincinnati Bengals? Okay, actually, sorry. Uh, can you name the Cincinnati Bengals head coach hire? And are you buying or selling? Uh, not off the top of my head. So that I mean, so sell. 
<laughs> I can't all by default. I can kind of picture the guy, but man, that that was a. It, it may not turn. You know, you just don't. We don't know the future. It may not turn out to be the worst tire. Guy might. Guy might do it right, but it was probably the head scratchiest as far as. Even the Kingsbury thing, it's like I get it. Like I get why you're getting going after that guy. He's a name. He's hot in the streets right now. He was probably going to be the USC head coach next year anyway. Yeah, and I get it. But the yeah the Cincinnati thing was like, where'd you even like who brought this guy's name up first? Like who was the first one to throw this guy out? Yeah, that's a great question. I think it was probably a coaching firm, and Mike Brown gave them the requirement: find me the cheapest guy. Um, you know, and they yeah. went out and got a guy that has limited experience, 35 years old, that they can pay a million dollars a year. Um, yeah, he, went from, he went from QB coach to head coach. Yeah, right, right, right. Um, but you know, for, for, for what it's worth, he is in the Super Bowl this week in Atlanta and not yeah. a lot of other coaches are. Uh, so there is that. Um, and you know, if he had anything to do with the development and, um, you know, uh, Turning Jared Goff from what we saw under Jeff Fisher into what he is now, if he had even one part of that uh, relative to McVeigh's portion, uh, then there's potentially something to be mined. But I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not high on that one either. Uh, Alex, uh, buying or selling the Miami Dolphins, hiring another coach who's in the likely hiring another coach who is coaching in the Super Bowl on the other side, uh, Pat's defensive coordinator Brian Flores. Well, whenever uh, a team goes with the uh, Belichick disciple approach, it always seems to work out really well for them. So I think with this one, I'm definitely going to be selling. Yeah. Yeah. No disagreement. Um, Okay. Uh, How about uh, Andy? Um, We talked about Freddie Kitchens. You're buying. I'm guessing, Alex, you're buying Freddie Kitchens as well. Uh, Yeah, for the most part. Uh, Andy, are you buying or selling Broncos hiring Vic Fangio? former defensive coordinator of the Chicago Bears. So, I mean, I, I sold this in like week eight. I don't know if we <laughs> said it on the pod or if I tweeted it. I think I'm, we did. I think I said it on the pod. I said, somebody's going to hire Fick Fangio, and they shouldn't. Like, it's not what you do. Um, and I've talked about it, too. A good example is how much I love the Zimmer hire. He's a smart guy. He was a great coordinator. He had passed over in the past, but now it's just like you look at how he runs the team. Like you can't have a a guy who's stuck ten years ago with a defensive mindset running a team. Like I, I think he's actually going to probably stymie their process a little. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's so that's uh, a tough one. That's a tough one for me because if the alternative is hiring Zach Taylor, you know, if you can get if if Vic, excuse me, if Vic Fangio turns out to be as you know the same the same quality as Mike Zimmer who is maybe not a top tier coach like we thought a couple of years ago but is is a is a quality coach although i think he's you know living in the old, the olden days but if the alternative is is you know some team's quarterback coach or the best possible option as a defensive coordinator to me that's a i don't know that's that seems like a break even proposition regardless that's fair. Yeah. No, no, no. That, that, that's a fair point. And especially like if, if they get it right with the offensive coordinator, if they can get the right mm-hmm. guy playing, calling plays and he has the autonomy to do it where he's not getting the Zimmer treatment. Yeah. Like maybe you can make a defensive head coach work. And that, that's the, that's is the, to be fair about my argument. Cause Zimmer is being too hands-on with uh, telling his offensive coordinator, the style of uh, game planning and, and, honestly almost play sequencing that he wants him to run and that's not what you need to do yeah yeah right uh, so i'm gonna throw in your lane i'm gonna throw you a little bit of a curveball alex uh buy or sell uh the pittsburgh steelers retaining mike tomlin uh i'm selling that i think they need a new voice in the room it seems to me to be pretty apparent that him and ben roethlisberger although i don't think roethlisberger is a top tier quarterback anymore those guys haven't gotten along in a long time. And part of what, you know, Tomlin's allure was is that he was a locker room guy and a player's coach. And, and you know, how well did that work out for them this past year? You know, Le'Veon Bell held out the entire year with some pretty nasty things to say. Antonio Brown wants a trade and has had some pretty nasty things to say. Ben Roethlisberger's frustrated. I mean, 
you know, <laughs> what's, what's, if, if his thing was supposed to be the glue guy and clearly that's not working, then what's, you know, what's, what's, where are you going? From there? <laughs> Great point. Great point. Um, yeah. Yeah. I know. No disagreement. Uh, Andy, um, buy or sell the jets hiring Adam Gase. This was one of the toughest ones, too, and this is what I alluded to earlier as far as not loving some of the Jets' moves. He was one of those guys that was just so hot in the streets like three, four, or five years ago. Everybody, like, he was the wonderkind. He was going to be the guy, and now I wonder if how we feel about him is more of a product of some of the shitty luck he's had down in Miami. Like The quarterback luck he's had hasn't been great. Like, I still think he's a smart guy. I think I'm actually going to buy it. I'm going to give, and it's a, I'm, I'm like, I'm leasing to own. Like I'm going to rent him. Oh, okay. okay. I, I think it's a lease to own kind of, maybe a layaway system because <laughs> I, I want to give, I, I think, I think I'm buying. I really think I can make a decision on that by mid season though. Okay. Uh, okay. Next we, we are tearing through this. Good job, guys. Uh, that was a lot of really good insight. Uh, let's, uh, let me ask this next question. This comes from Smitty and Motown. Uh, what the hell are we supposed to do with this Matt Stafford contract? Uh, and I'm going to actually, <laughs> I'm going to, ex- I'm going to expand this and say, and for the Raiders, what the hell do you do with Derek Carr? Like these are two absolutely bloated contracts far, far, far beyond the the production that you're getting out of these quarterbacks. And we see clearly across the league right now, if you are strapped uh, at the cap because you have all of this money tied up in your quarterback, you are in deep trouble. Um, You know, Alex, what the hell do the Lions do this off season? That's tough. Uh, you know the line. The Lions finished the season six and ten, but their their point differential was negative thirty six, which is not <laughs> it's not it's not good, obviously. But you know it's not necessarily indicative of a six and ten team necessarily. I think they have some pieces there, and I think you know Stafford is not he's not a top tier quarterback, but I think the guy can win games, and I don't necessarily you know I think he could have a Joe Flacco esque run in him do you want to rely on that though that's 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 a lot to ask from a guy who has struggled to put together you know a full season of excellent quarterback play yeah andy uh what about if, uh yeah go ahead sorry go ahead good ahead, Alex. oh i was just gonna say and if i'm the raiders i'm moving off with Derek Carr. i, I don't i don't understand why people you know he had one good season throwing five yards at a time and now you know the guy. The guy's body of work is mostly of just trash. Yet somehow people think he's this like young elite quarterback. Uh, he's not worth it in my eyes. I'm. I'm I've, plus, I would have moved on from him. Plus yesterday. he's injury ridden. He just can't. Yeah. Shake it. Even if he was, you know, markedly better, he's put together a little loose. He's got some kind of troubling injuries. It's not. It seems like the sort of stuff that's going to plague him throughout a career. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, okay. Uh, Andy, is it fair to add the Vikings to that list with uh, Detroit and uh, and uh, Oakland Raiders in the what the fuck do we do with this quarterback? Yeah, category? I think I think if uh, I mean, let's just say you know the Saints, Rams. Uh, we didn't predict the Chiefs, Chiefs, Patriots. Like, let's say the Vikings had finished like fifth best. You know, they were they were the team that probably should have been in the conference championship. A really tough Rams team or something. Like, you'd still be like, man, this was the guy we got to get us over the hump. This, you know, this is the guy we paid to get it to get it done to get it a step further than last year. Probably two steps further, if you want to be honest with what they expected didn't even make the playoffs like it's, it's quite troubling like uh, you know I, I talked to plenty of people around here that are not here in Miami but Minnesota but <laughs> <laughs> there's everybody just side tangent those alternate heat jerseys the Miami Vice ones they're everywhere everybody has one Miami is kicking me in the balls tonight. They are sucking so bad. Sorry, go ahead. I can't, I can't blame them. Those are such fire jerseys. But anyway, no, back home, yeah, people are just 
they heads head in their hands, don't know what to do. Like, well, what do we do now? And like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you have a crip. It's not a crippling contract yet, but the window is small, and there's too many good teams. It's a tough spot. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Um, okay, uh, this is from. Uh, let's see. This is from our. Uh, this is from uh, Fabian in uh, Germany. Uh, Andy, are we going to get our uh, Colts? To, to are, are we going to get our Colts Chargers AFC title game in 2019? Boy, that'd be sweet. There's so many good teams in the AFC, though. That would be. It would not. I guess. What would? I'll spin it back on you. Who would surprise you the least? Like, who do you think is more likely to make an AFC title game? LA or Indy? The Colts. They have home field advantage. They have a better coach. They have yeah, a really I, younger yeah, quarterback. I, <laughs> I think and, it's and, pretty yeah, good. As highly as I thought of uh, the offense there and some of the defensive pieces that didn't play all season and didn't quite click at times, I really think, yeah, Indy. And that is your – I mean, you hit on that. We talked a ton about that with uh, having the, the Rams having to go play at the Dome and how they would never be able to get it done down there. Uh, having a dome a dome field advantage like that that is way more uh, way more important or way more influential to a game than playing outdoors and then obviously much more than playing outdoors in a you know high school soccer field <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's not going to get any better anytime soon down there um okay uh alex this one's for you uh, it felt like the Eagles and the Falcons, uh, who opened our season in 2018, uh, were should have you know should have made you know close should have gotten closer to the AFC title game. Uh, of those two teams, who do you expect to bounce back in terms of uh, performance in 2019? That's tough. Uh, I'm gonna. Say the Eagles. They were one of my options, right? Uh, yeah, the Eagles, Eagles or Falcons I'm a, of the two birds. I'm going to say the Eagles. Uh, I think they're they're both incredibly injury riddled teams, uh, but but ultimately, I just trust. I think I think for the most part, I think Philly is playing in the easier uh, division, and I, I just I think they have uh, the the head coach that's more suited for 2000. You know, nineteen twenty football. Excuse me, twenty nineteen. <laughs> yeah, or two thousand. Oh my god, uh, <laughs> dude! There are some coaches that want to go to nineteen twenty football. Don't kid yourself. Yeah, good lord. Uh, no, I, I I just think they're both really injury riddled teams. I think the Eagles have the the slightly easier division with the better head coach. Uh, whether they have the better quarterback, that's to be seen, I guess. Um, but I think both teams should be really formidable uh, next year, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. No disagreement. Uh, Andy, uh, assuming the Rams uh, win the NFC West again, which I guess isn't, you know, that's not a diehard, you know, that's not a, a, a straightforward assumption, but let's just assume. No, but it's uh, not a reach. It's not a reach either. Uh, who finishes second in the NFC West between the Seahawks and the Niners? Cardinals. Oh come on, oh. Cardinals! Oh, no, second I, in the West. Oh, I know. Wow. I'm, I'm hot on them again every year. <laughs> I think. But uh, oh, that's tough. I did love the emergence of some of the offensive weapons in the Bay Area, even with whatever quarterbacks they were throwing out at the time. They have mm. some. They have a stud tight end. They've got a couple young receivers and they've got, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. They've got some money and they've got some, well, what's their draft pick situation? Are they picking? Should be seconds? Second, third, fourth? Sure. Yeah, it's second, third. There. It was yeah. messy. It actually got kind of messy there in the second, third and fourth spots, but yeah, they've got a super high pick. They've got a good young quarterback coming back. Like we said, they've got Second. the best. They've got a great backup quarterback, and they've got some offensive weapons. I'd like to. I'd like to. Not only would I like to, but I think we'll see them finally make the step forward that they were supposed to take this year. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's t- it's a tough call though because the um, Russell Wilson's still no slouch. He's clearly he's still magic. You know, he, he's still magic. Um, Alex, uh, who finishes last in the AFC South? I think uh, that the oh man, uh, <laughs> this is really tough. AFC tough. South is so tough. Uh, I mean, yeah, we don't know who tough. the Jacks. We don't know who the Jacks quarterback is going to be, uh, and you know. Yeah, I, I think you're, I'm going to go Jack. I'm going to. I think I'm going to go Jacksonville just by default. Uh, I, I liked. I mean, I, I liked some of the things that. Um, that I can't. His name is eluding me. The Tennessee Titans head coach Vrabel. Vrabel. I liked yeah. some of the things that he did this season. I think the Texans are still a solid team. I mean, the Jags are a quarterback away, but that I, I just don't see like the, the quarterback options they're going to get. I just don't know if that propels them enough. And uh, you know, who knows what this the Tennessee's offensive coordinator is going to be? But I, I don't. I mean, they're like I said earlier in the podcast, their offense wasn't great this year, and they still somehow managed to you know, put together a winning season. So, yep, yeah, that's true. Um, okay. Uh, I'm about, about out, of, out of like technical questions, so I just wanted to ask a couple fun ones, and then we'll wrap this up. Sound good? Oh yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, which Andy, uh, present company excluded, which deep dive guest would make the best color analyst? You know, somebody somebody said Suma would make a good analyst, and I would I would listen to that because that would be one of the nerdiest broadcasts <laughs> ever here. She <laughs> would so many stats, and I would love that. It's almost like they do with the national championship, and you have like the coaches' room. That's you know that's completely different, but how just how they talk about a game compared to a regular analyst. But uh, God, what about what about Kalaji? Like I'd listen to him. Yeah, yeah, he'd be a hell of a lot of fun for sure, for sure. Um, yeah. Alex, uh, other Alex, uh, yeah, the other Alex, Alex uh, Bartlett. Uh, where, uh, where do you think uh, Le'Veon Bell ends up? Does it matter? <laughs> uh, well, I think he's probably one of the most. He's an excellent player, but I think ultimately he's just. By the, we beat this. This is beating a dead horse, but just by the value of the, you know, the, the nature of the position, running backs are not that valuable. Some team is going to spend a lot of money for him and then be horribly disappointed with the, uh, the production. Maybe the Jets. Uh, I've heard some rumblings about the Colts, but I don't. I don't see that. I, I don't think it matters though, for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. No disagreement there. Um, last question, and then we'll wrap, Andy. Uh, was was the no call in the Saints game karma for Bounty Gate? Yeah, and I, I do expect that. Like that is one thing I've looked at. I'll show my proofs on that. That is predictive. You will see more <laughs> of that. Bad things will continue to happen to not only that team but probably that whole state. I feel bad. Like this is not, this is not something I'd wish upon them. This is just, it's, it's voodoo, bad juju. It was uh, uh coach O getting the Gatorade dumped on him before the game was over. Like, oh, that bad, was bad. Yeah. That was bad juju. He knew yeah. to happen in yeah, the state. Don't fuck with the karma, end. man. Yep. Don't fuck with karma. Um, good stuff. All right. <laughs> let's wrap this up. Great job, guys. That was a ton of fun. Alex, thank you so much for your time. Can we get a Pro Bowl prediction? Yeah, that's a great, great call. Uh, how the hell are they even doing the Pro Bowl? I don't know. Is it still it's it's the the we don't even know the format. <laughs> now we're going to make a prediction. prediction. Good times had by all. Is it? Oh, that's a great prediction. The, the I, more, predict, the more, yeah, I think the most... The most positive EV way to approach that is definitely a teaser. You're definitely going to want to tease the, the, the one team with the over. How about that? Oh, that's good, man. I like that. Let's tease some Pro Bowl line. There's not even a lineup with five dimes. How is that possible? They don't have a lineup for the Because they don't know who the teams are. They don't know what the yet. rules are. They don't know what the rules are. Yet. They haven't decided. That'll be my closing oh, line. Is that, is that true? Is, it, is that no. true that they don't know who the teams are? No, they do I, like. The, I have no like, idea. I think they do like the draft. You know, like the schoolyard draft. They did that one year. Who knows how they're doing it? But it, I do yeah. not know for a fact that there's no Pro Bowl lines up. But I will trust you on this, and I will make a final statement about the state of 
of sports betting at the moment right now. And this is under the assumption you guys aren't fibbing. You can bet on the puppy bowl (laughs) (laughs) and you can't, and you can't bet on the pro bowl. You know what the sad thing about that is, though? I'm waiting for that. If you, watch the, if you watch the Puppy Bowl line, you can start to – that will take steam a few days out. Oh, for sure. As the, the results get – you know, start to get leaked, which is the saddest thing ever, that you can you can bet on a bunch of dogs running around in a pen. And if you're quick enough, there's actually some value in it. How pathetic is that? That's pretty crazy. Yeah. I I mean, yes, yes. You can bet on the puppy bowl uh, and you can bet on pro wrestling, but you can not bet on the pro bowl. (laughs) Yeah. Freaking real. Um, Yeah. Well, I'm sure I'm sure this is, I'm sure, I'm sure there's other books that'll have lines out for the pro bowl, but what the hell do I know? I don't, I don't, I don't. Oh, they'll, yeah, I, they'll be up. I've bet. I've no, I've for sure. I've bet on it before. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, yeah. Enjoy the weekend regardless. Andy, have fun in the cruise. Alex, thanks for joining us and best of luck up there in the winter wonderland that is Wisconsin right now. <laughs> and, uh, we will uh, talk to you. Alex for sure. will you know, if we got, if, you know, when, uh, when those hot soft, college softball lines you know when those soft college softball lines roll out we'll uh uh we'll bring you back on for a deep dive into the college softball space because uh you know i remember telling you on a bunch of those last year and it was a hell of a lot of fun so fun yeah, stuff. Fun. hey i wanted to i wanted to thank you guys uh for everything you guys do all the content you guys put out the hours you put into all this stuff and with with virtually nothing in return i uh i, I think you guys provide a lot of valuable and, and quality content uh, to people out there and, and provide uh, a space for some people, you know, like myself and many, many others who don't have the following that some of you guys do uh, to get, to get their voices out there. Um, and I think that's awesome. And I just wanted to say thank you. Oh, well, that was super nice, man. Absolutely. Our pleasure. And uh, this is as fun for us to do as it is for you guys to listen to presumably. So uh, with that uh, onto the Super Bowl. Uh, and uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Andy, yeah, have fun. We won't be doing a we won't be doing a regular Sunday breakdown pod. We're just going to do some special stuff for the Super Bowl. Right, that's right. Yep, yep. Safe, safe, safe sailing, buddy. All right, see ya. <laughs>